Would you turn, please, to the book of 1 John, 1 John, the fourth chapter, and uh, let's let the Lord speak to us, minister to us. You know, he doesn't have to figure out anything about you. He already knows the answer. <laughs> You'll never bring a problem to him and, and him say, I'm going to have to think about that and get back with you. Never, never. He already knows. Could he tell us and show us exactly what to do and it just straighten things out and lead us right out of the problem into the answer? First John, the fourth chapter. First John 4, let's begin about verse 7. First John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is what? Of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. What's the indicator that somebody has been born again? The love of God. What's the indicator that somebody actually does know God? The love of God. He that loves not, what? doesn't know God. I don't care how religious they are. I don't care if they've got a doctorate of divinity. I don't care what kind of ministry or group they're with. If you don't love, you don't know God. Why? Because you can't know God without knowing love. And if you got God, you got love because God is love. Everybody say God, God is, is love. love. Keep reading. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world. That we might live through him. We're going to see this in different ways as we go. But God has proven his love to us beyond any question. For people today to question God's love is so disrespectful and actually very ignorant. And yet you got all kind of people going, well, you know, well, if God loves me, then why this and why that? And, 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 and God, you know, prove it to me that you care about me. He has. <laughs> Everybody say, he has. Yes. The love of God has been manifested, has been demonstrated. He loved you before you were ever born. Before that, before you were conceived, before you existed. Now, somebody who knows you, really knows you. And all the dumb stuff and evil stuff that you would do and will do and did do and still loves you enough to give his son for you, he has proven his love. He has demonstrated his love. And actually he continues to show it every day and every night. 
all the time. But he's proven it, he's demonstrated, it's been shown and manifested in him sending Jesus. Now keep reading. Verse 10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, to be the the payment and the substitute for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought, ought means it's owed. They have the same root word, O-W-E, owed. We owe it to other folks to love them. Now let's just stop right here. Do you owe other people to love them? A lot of folks may not think so, but you remember Romans talks about this. You know, to pay your debts and don't let any of your debt remain outstanding, but you do have a debt to love one another. And you don't get that paid to the point where you don't love anybody anymore. You ought to love people. We ought to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. He specifically referred. One another means your fellow believer. Is what he's talking about. Which is the New Testament commandment that Jesus gave us. Isn't it? Of all the things he could have commanded us. He could have commanded us be good. (laughs) Couldn't he? (laughs) Of all the things he could have commanded us. He commanded us to love each other. Now that's our brother in Christ. To love each other as he has loved us. We're commanded to. And based on what God has done for us. We owe it to each other. True or not? We owe it to each other. We ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Even though we've not seen the face of the Father sitting on the throne. Even though we're not in heaven, we're here on the earth. Yet we can experience God here and now in experiencing divine love. Because God is love. And in knowing love, we know God. Keep reading. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given of his spirit. Romans talks about by the spirit of God, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. We've seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoso shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in love, he in God. And we've known and believed the love that God has to us. Everybody say those two words. We've known and believed. Those are two different things. You can know about the love of God Without believing it. You can hear that God loves you. That doesn't mean you believe it. There are a lot of folks. That don't believe the love of God. I've uh, counseled with uh, folks in the past. 
and, and marital counseling and some of those other things. And, and I'm thinking of one couple, one time I was talking to him and, and uh, he told his wife, he said, well, I, I love you. And, and she said, you're just saying that. And, and he looked at me in pain. <laughs> he said, I do. And she said, you're just saying that. You don't really. And he's, he's worked trying to convince her, but she wouldn't believe it. And you know, God is trying to convince the world that he loves us. But millions don't believe it. And even many Christians, they know it, they've heard about it, but um, they think because of their mistakes and their failures and their past, how could God really love me? And it's not real to them. And sometimes people will say, well, I, I wish I could believe it. That is not right. You could believe it if you would. Faith is a choice. It's a choice. If you say, well, I'm, I'm not sure. I wonder about it. That means you've chosen not to believe it yet. It's a simple choice. God says he loves you. Anybody ever heard that God loves you? How many ever heard that God loves you? Let me see. Now here comes the next part. Do you believe that? It's a simple choice. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. Which begins to get into an issue. What is love? God is love. And because this is such a big part of who God is and what he is. It's no surprise that the devil has worked long to confuse the subject of love, to twist it, to change its meaning, to alter people's impression of what love is. And so you got folks, you know, they, they love their family, but they also love pizza. And they love football, and they love this, and they love that, and, and they love the other. And, and love is this broad concept that covers so many different ideas and is all that really love what is love God is love what is love God is love and you know people think love is a feeling or an emotion people think love is ooey gooey and so if you start talking about love, folks go, uh, okay, I know it's important, but I just don't feel so ooey-gooey right now. Let's, can we talk about something else? Love is not just ooey-gooey. Love is not just a feeling. Love is not just an emotion. Tell me about love. Tell me about love. God is love. God is love. We need mind renewal on what love is. Because it's really been botched up and messed with in the world. If you're experiencing real love, you're experiencing God. If you know real love, you know God. And a lot of folks know that a lot of what they called love wasn't God. Say la. Think about that. Keep reading. Verse 16, we have known 
and believed the love that God has for us. Say it out loud. I have known and I believe the love God has for me. I accept it by faith. The creator of the universe. Say it out loud. The creator of the universe loves me. The creator of the universe loves me. Not only did I hear about it, I believe it. I believe it. Oh, friend, there are a few things that will do you and me more good than to go around saying this and get our mind renewed. Faith comes by hearing. To the devil, he's a sorry cuss. He's the accuser of the brethren, and he will accuse you to you. And he'll say, you know, yeah, yeah, God loves you. God loves you. But what about? And, how, and God knows. And how could God really feel any good way about you? Because people primarily think love is a feeling. But love is not a feeling. It can and will affect your feelings, but it's not a feeling. Tell me about love. God. God. Is love. We've known and believed the love that God has to us. He says it again. God is love. And he that dwells or stays or lives in love. Lives, stays in God. If you stay in love, you stay in God. If you live in love, you live in God. Where's the nicest place on earth to live? It's not Florida. It's not Hawaii. Where's the nicest place on the planet to live? It is in the love of God. No contest. Greatest place on earth to live. (laughs) He that dwells in love dwells in God and God dwells in him. Herein is our love made perfect, fully developed, completed, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, well, let's stop right here. What is he? We've already heard it twice. He's love. As he is, which is love, so are we, which is love in this world. He's love, and so are we. Somebody said out loud, I am love love in this world. world. You and I are God's representatives on the planet. People are supposed to see him by seeing us. And what is he? He's love. So when they see that love in us and through us, They're not just seeing Joe and Mary and Susie. They're seeing him. And they come in contact with him. And I don't care who you are, who you think you are, 
how much of an atheist or agnostic you may imagine yourself to be, when you come into experiential contact with the love of God, you know it's what your heart's been aching for your whole life. You know it. Whether you admit it or not is another thing. It's up to you. But deep calls unto deep. And the creature calls to the creator. And who is the creator? None other than love himself. You can't get this anywhere else. In any other religion. I know they claim to have it. But they don't. I said they don't. They don't. They don't. Can't. Can't. There's only one place to get this. It is from the Father God. It is through faith in Jesus. Who himself is God manifested in the earth. Which is what? Love manifested in the earth. You believe it saints? Keep reading. There is no fear in love. How can you tell you're walking in the fullness of this love? God is love. You're walking in the fullness of love. You're walking in the fullness of God. You're not scared of anything. Because the biggest one of all is in you. And with you. You get absolutely fearless. You're not afraid of death. You're not afraid of any devil or demon. You're not afraid of any person. Why? Because after you meet him, you're hard to impress. When you know him, you're hard to intimidate. You might know what I mean by that? When you're experiencing the presence of the Almighty, I don't care who tries to scare you or shake you, you're like, no. I've been with him. And you don't even compare. And as long as I'm with him and I'm pleasing him and I'm connected to him, I don't have to worry about you. Now you get outside and, and leave your shepherd and get off on your own well, you become easy prey. But he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him And you become fearless. Keep reading. There is how much? How much? No fear in love. Why? Can you imagine God being afraid? The creator of the heavens and the earth. What's he scared of? (laughs) Huh? What bothers him? I'm talking about what intimidates him. What shakes him? What? What is God scared of, saints? What? What? Nothing. You can't bring up anything he didn't already know about. He's already been there. He made it. Or allowed it to be. He knows. And because there's no fear in him and he is love, there is absolutely no fear in love. There's no fear in love. Perfect love. Now that doesn't mean, the word perfect doesn't just mean flawless. It means complete. Fully developed. Fully developed love. Does what? 
It cast, cast is a strong word. It throws it out. You want to get free from fear? Get full of the love of God. And the law of displacement will occur. You ever had milk in a glass? Sit it in the bottom of the sink, turn the tap on, and just let the water run? What happens? What happens? For too long? There's no milk in there. Right? Absolutely no milk. Why? The water has completely displaced the milk. You get the love of God flowing in you according to this perfect word. Unfailing word. You get the love of God flowing in you enough. It'll push all the fear out of you. All the fear. You won't be afraid to live. You won't be afraid to die. You won't be afraid to drive. You won't be afraid to fly. You won't be afraid to talk to people. You won't be afraid to go somewhere and help somebody. Your fears will leave you. Is it possible to live fearlessly? Without fear. He that fears, what's wrong? He needs to develop more in the love of God. Didn't say he needed to get saved. Said he needs, he's not made perfect. He's not fully developed in love. Keep reading. We love him. Why? We love him because he first loved us. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the love that is God. The love that God is. Go with me to Romans, please. We quoted this, but I want you to rest your eyes on it. In uh, Romans... The fifth chapter, Romans chapter 5. I'm already glad I came tonight. Did you know there is absolutely nothing love won't fix? Why? That's like saying there's absolutely nothing God can't fix. Because he's love. That means enough love would heal your body. Enough love would get your debts paid off. Enough love would cause your kidneys to work right. Cause your blood pressure to come down. Heal your stomach. Not have intestinal problems anymore. A lot of things are connected to the fear. You quit worrying and fearing all the time. Your body just heals up automatically. Because the irritation is taken away. The pressure and the tension and all that's gone. Romans 5. 5. 5, 5. Hope makes not ashamed. Because what? The love of God is. Not going to be. He's writing to Christians. He's writing to folks that are born again. And he said this love is shed abroad in in our hearts. He's including himself in this. By the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, which is given to us. Said out loud, the love of God God is is shed abroad abroad in my heart heart by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Say it again. The love of God. is shed abroad abroad 
in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Close your eyes. Everybody say it again. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. People say, well, I, I need love. God, give me more love. No, he already gave you love. It's in you. God, I need, I need you to give me more love. No, the Bible didn't tell you to pray that way. Help me, Lord, I need more love. No, no. So much praying is, is ignoring scripture. That love's in you. You got it when you were born again. Can anybody relate of an experience in the love of God when you were born again? Hmm? I was a school kid. I was 10 years old, I guess. 10, 11, I don't know exactly. And uh, my dad, well, actually, I better back up just a little bit. My dad and my mom grew up in uh, Christian homes where there were strong believers. But after they married, they kind of got away from the Lord. And, uh, well, I don't know that my, when my dad had ever given his heart to the Lord. I know my mom had as a little girl, but I don't know that my dad ever had. And they, they didn't go to church. And as little kids, we didn't go to church. My little brother had a motorcycle accident. Ran head on into a truck. His head hit the bumper. Oh, man, it cracked his skull, knocked all his teeth out, it broke his jaws, and later on we found out it broke his neck. And when they got him to the ER, they didn't expect him to live, and they rushed him to a hospital in a bigger city. And we found out later they had some gunshot victims and stuff, and they attended to them first because they didn't think he'd make it. He was that far gone. But not only did he survive and live through the night, there was a woman that God used to come to us at that time, and she told us God would heal him in a way that we hadn't heard before, that if we'd pray and ask him to and believe him, he would. So in our innocence and simplicity, we did. And the next afternoon, I was pushing my little brother down the hall of the hospital. He and I were laughing and cutting up. I mean, he had his jaw wired together and everything. But years later, the chiropractor x-rayed his neck and found out it had been broken. They didn't even catch that. He said, he asked him, he said, what happened to you here? He said, what? He said, when was your neck broken? He said, I don't know. I know my neck was ever broken. At this time, he's an adult. He showed him the x-ray. He said, you see this right here? He said, it's a calcium deposit. But it's odd, he said, because most of the time they're rough and stuff around the edge. He said, this is smooth like a welding bead. <laughs> Glory to God. I reckon if God hadn't healed him like that, he'd have probably died from the broken neck or injury. You know, who knows? Them moving him and, all, and didn't know it and didn't catch it. I don't know how they didn't. But anyway, God spared him. And when we brought him home, my grandmother, who was always a strong, strong Christian, she called us up to her house and said she wanted to see us. We came, my mom, my dad, me, my little brother. Of course, he's still, you know, all wired up and all this kind of stuff. 
But he's alive and conscious and right. This is a miracle. And uh, we sat down and she said to us with tears in her eyes. She said uh, God has healed our baby. She said I told him in praying. Asked him for his mercy. And I told him I would tell y'all. And that if he spared him. That I would talk to you. And that you would go to church. She said, did I lie? My daddy hung his head. He said, no, ma'am. And that Sunday, we were in church. (laughs) In a great Baptist church. And when the pastor gave the altar call at the end of the service, my daddy got up. And he walked down the aisle to the front. And I thought so much of my daddy, and still do. He's in heaven now. That I thought, well, if he needs to go, I need to go too. I got up and followed him to the altar and gave my heart to the Lord. I knew something amazing happened in me. I'm just a kid. But the next day, it stands in my mind right now. It happened then, but then the next day is when I kind of really noticed it at school. The people I thought I didn't like, I loved them. I just looked at him and I used to think, you know, I don't like him. So and so and she's mean and and I don't like that teacher. And and I just looked at everybody and thought, glory to God. (laughs) Something was different in me. I'm seeing people different. It was the love of God. Shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. It happens to every person that's born again. We're supposed to. Yield to this and let it take preeminence in our life. But you can ignore it and squelch it, quench it, until it, you don't notice it so much anymore. But it's still there. I said it's there. And it's supposed to be having the preeminence. It's supposed to reign above our feelings, above our desires, above our thoughts. Above selfishness, above what we want. Say it another time, the love of God God is in me. me. It's in me right now. It's been shed abroad abroad in my heart heart by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the same love that God is. I know Brother Hagin Sr., my father in the faith, who's also in heaven now, he he told this instance that I think really exemplifies some of this. He said he was in a church he was ministering at, and he was preaching and speaking. And he got on the verse in First John that talked about that if you don't love and if you hate, you're a murderer. And just at the Lord's leading, he said, and that includes hating your mother-in-law. <laughs> and after the service... He and the pastor and his wife were uh, eating, having a meal. And she looked at him. She said, uh, Brother Hagin, you got me all confused. He said, I don't think so. He said, I think you were confused before I got here. And the word just showed it up. <laughs> she said, well, you said that, you know, if, uh, if somebody hates their brother, then how does the love of God dwelling in them? They don't know God. And he said, well, what's the problem? I, I didn't say that. That's what the scripture said. And she said, well, I hate my mother-in-law. 
<laughs> and he said he, he wanted to give her a little more rope to let her get a little further on so he could help her. He said, well, I guess uh, then uh, you're a murderer then and don't know God. She said, I'm a full gospel pastor's wife. I speak in tongues. I... <laughs> he said, yeah, but you hate your mother-in-law. She said, I hate my mother-in-law. I said, well, I guess you don't have the love of God in you. You're not a child of God. Well, we're in a bad way here, aren't we? Pastor's wife, not even saved. <laughs> she was all concerned now. He said, no, look at me. Look at me. He said, you don't really hate your mother-in-law. She said, I think I do. She said, no, no you don't. <laughs> he said, I want you to look me in the eye, and I want you to tell me again that you hate your mother-in-law, but while you do, I want you to check down in here while you're saying it. Check your heart. She looked across the table and said, I hate my mother-in-law. <laughs> he said, what about it? She said, something's scratching me in here. He said, that's the love of God trying to get your attention. You've just been ignoring it, giving it no place in your life. He said, you don't really hate your mother-in-law. And he began to talk about what to do. Forget about how you feel. Now, you'll notice we keep coming to this. See, people think love is a feeling. And so if you don't feel good towards somebody, you don't love them. But love is not a feeling. Tell me about love. God is love. And you yield to the love inside you by faith. It's an act of faith. It's a choice. You love by choice. You love by faith. God loved us. Well, let's just keep reading here. I'm getting ahead of myself. In verse 6, when we were without strength, in due time, Christ died for who? Were the ungodly loving him? No. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commends, or other translations say, he demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were sinners, was that giving him warm and fuzzy feelings? That we're sinners? No. He loved us because he is love. He loved us because he chose to. He loved us because it wasn't dependent on what we were making him feel or not feel. This is one of the greatest things we can learn about the love of God. It is independent of what you feel. What people do, what they don't, what anybody deserves or what they don't, it is completely independent of all that. Just like God is independent of it. Said out loud, love's not a feeling. God's love. See, why was this pastor's wife saying that, you know, she hated her mother-in-law? Because of her feelings. Things that had happened. Things that didn't happen. Hard words that had been said, no doubt. Emotions, feelings. Is that the love of God? None of that is the love of God. And that 
or the absence of it does not determine whether you can love somebody or not. God demonstrated. He showed us how to do it. By doing it with us. Come on, think about all the people on the planet. God so loved the world. That includes every blasphemer. That includes every evil, murderous, molesting, lying, deceiving individual. Did he love them because of the way they made him feel? By from what they were doing for him? No. In spite of it. I said in spite of it. He just chose to do it. And did it. And that same love is where? Is where? It's in you. It's in me. Shed and brought in our heart by the Holy Spirit, which means we can love that way. Now, you can't love that way if you're not born again. You can't get this anywhere else. But if you are, you can love this way. Keep reading. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we'll be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were what? We were his enemies. Can you love your enemy? God did. We were. Well, your enemies are not making you feel good. Your enemies hate you. Your enemies want to hurt you. Enemies are trying to hurt you. They've done things and got plans to do things. Does that make you feel ooey-gooey towards them? Make you feel warm and fuzzy toward them? No, no, no. In fact, it'll give you some other feelings that are not so nice. And if you got the other kind of feelings, people think, well, I don't love them. Why? Because they think love's a feeling. They think love is a feeling. God is love. If when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. He loved us when we were sinners. He loved us while we were still enemies. He loved us. It's not based on a feeling. It's a choice. Go with me to the book of... uh, Luke, please. Verse 3, 17-3. Jesus said, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, do what? Forgive him. Keep going. If he trespass against you seven times in a day, (laughs) and he keeps coming back, Seven more times in the, in the same day. And he said, I missed it, I'm sorry. I called you ugly name again. <laughs> I guess this will be the fourth time I've slapped you today. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me. I talked bad about you again. And if he repents, what do you do? What do you do? You forgive him. And notice what they said, verse 5. And the apostle said to the Lord, <laughs> increase our faith. Man, they've been with him long enough to realize it takes faith to do this. 
and just thinking about this. Uh, that's a revelation many have not gotten yet. We love by faith. We forgive by faith. Somebody say by faith. By faith. By faith. Well, faith is not by sight. It's not by feeling, is it? It's a choice. And so people would get hung up, you know, it's first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. The guy comes and says, I'm sorry, I did it again. And by this time, you may not be feeling so good. You might think, man, you ain't trying. You know, sixth time today, seventh time today, you're not trying at all. But see, if you focus on that, you'll think, well, I, I, don't, I can't forgive him. I'm trying. Mm-mm. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. It's a choice. God loved us while we were his enemies. It's a choice. Does God love sin? Is he okay with it? With people that are enemies and blasphemers of God? Is he good with that? He's okay? No. But in spite of all that, he decided to love. And it's one of the most amazing things. You can love somebody and there is not anything they can do about it. There is no weapon. The devil has no weapon. That's why love never fails. It can't be defeated. Why? You can't. If you could defeat that, you could defeat God. Because that's what he is. That's who he is. There is no weapon successful against God. There is nothing that can overcome him. People can cuss you and rail at you and and do bad things against you. And you can say, I'm loving you. Quit it. No. Yeah, you won't love me after this. They do their thing and you go, no, still do. Now, you don't have to feel like it. I said, you don't have to feel like it. You do it by faith. It's a choice. Not a feeling. Say it out loud. It's a choice. choice. Not a feeling. feeling. You choose to yield to what's already in you. It's in you. The ability to do this is not something you have to have some spiritual experience and get. It's there right now. The love to do this with is in you now. What we have to do is choose to yield to that instead of what we see and what we hear, what we feel, our little tempers, our little hurt feelings. It's a choice. Every day, you'll have to pick. You can get mad at them, not talk to them, and cross them out of your book, and Not forgive them and hold it against them. And if you do, that love's going to be like the woman said, scratching. It's going to be, you're going to know, don't do that, don't do that. Let this love out. Yield to it. So Brother Hagin said, uh, when this woman looked at him and said that, he said, so tell me what's going on right down in here when you said that. She said, well, something's scratching me. He said, yes, the love of God. In your heart. You don't really hate her. And he said, uh, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go around and start tonight. 
And I want you to say I love my mother-in-law. <laughs> she looked at him like he's crazy. He said, will you do what I'm telling you now? Her husband's sitting there. She said, well, okay. I want you to begin to say, I love my mother-in-law. Don't think about what she's done or hadn't done. Or... Did the scripture command us to love each other? Should we act on this command? He didn't say it was a suggestion. He didn't say try to do it. He said do it. That reveals it's a choice. You, you ever heard people talk about this? Go, well, I'm trying to. That's completely wrong thinking. The Lord never told us to try to do anything. He knew before he told us whether we could do it or not. And so just him telling you to do it, what does that reveal to you? That means you can do it. He wouldn't have told you to do something you couldn't do. When he said love one another just like I have loved you. It's a command. Isn't it? The Bible calls it a commandment. Calls it the commandment. So the start of it is a choice and your mouth. Boy, she was doing the exact wrong thing, saying, I hate my mother-in-law, wasn't she? I mean, she's suppressing the love of God. She's yielding to her flesh. It's only going to get worse. And she's rebelling against the commandment. She's refusing to do what the Lord told us to do. She saw it. She said, I'll do it. She began to say it all week. He was with them for two or three weeks, I think, after that in a meeting. She just kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it. And, uh, before the meeting was over, which it went several weeks, they invited, she invited her over to the house. They had a meal together and uh, had some conversations. And, and she told Brother Hagin, she said, you know, she's not so bad. I don't know why we let this get so far out of hand. Well, I do. You do. Yielding to the flesh instead of yielding to the love. If you talk about how mad you are, if you talk about how sorry they are, if you talk about what they did to you and how they hurt you, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. The Lord showed me something years ago with a little child. Phyllis and I are visiting some folks. They had some little kids. They had a little girl. I don't know how old she was. Man, she was about that tall. She came running in to see me. And she said, look, look. And she put her knee right up in my face. And she had scraped it and skinned it. And she grabs it and it, it started to heal a little bit. And she just pulls it wide open. And she went, ow, when she did. And she's showing me, she wants me to see how bad it is. And how deep it is. She said, see? And I wanted to go, oh, baby, don't do that. Don't, don't. You just messed up the healing that had happened the last few days or whatever. And the Lord quickened me. He said, that's what my people are doing. They won't let things heal. They won't let me heal it. When you keep talking about your hurts and your anger, we use the terminology, reopening wounds. Don't we? And a lot of our psychology and psychotherapy is based in going back and tearing the scabs off. <laughs> Things do need to be dealt with, but not like that. The more you talk about them, you're bringing up old feelings, bringing up old memories and wounds, you're just reopening the wound. And how many know that if you keep reopening that wound, it's not going to heal? 
In fact, it can get infected and get all kind of bad stuff. People talk about how they were hurt when they were young. And there have been some terrible things that have been perpetrated on children and and youth and what have you. But as a child of God, you're not supposed to still be carrying those wounds 30 years later, 40 years later. What would you think about somebody? That told you about a bike accident that they had. And they opened up their elbow and everything. And, and you say, really? And, and you say, oh man, look, yeah, look how bad it is. And when did that happen? 1975. <laughs> and it's still a gaping, open, oozing wound? What would you say? Something's wrong, man. <laughs> 75? Because <laughs> Why? It should be healed long ago. When you won't forgive, you don't heal. You can't heal. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but when that little girl came and did that, I mean, I saw something in the spirit. The Lord spoke to me. I saw it just something, you know, he can show you things in a moment that you take you a day to try to explain it and still wouldn't get it. But I saw it. That's what people are doing. And people relive the past. Every day. They go through their life. But then something come up. And they'll think about that old terrible thing. And and they don't realize it. But they'll yield to it. They'll plop down in a chair. And just relive it. And cry. And be in pain. And I know it's real. And I know it was bad. But you're letting that thing cripple you decades later and you don't have to. Is God big enough to heal anything? Anything. We believe he can heal blinded eyes. We believe he can heal deaf ears. We believe he can cause a lame door. We believe he can raise the dead. If he could do that, why couldn't he heal a heart? Why couldn't he heal a soul? Why couldn't he? Well, he can. For him, it's easy. I don't care how your heart was ripped up. I don't care how bad it was. It's not too bad for God to heal. He made you. He can reach inside you and heal you like it never happened. Do you believe it, saints? But you'll never heal talking about it. And hashing it and rehashing it and pulling the wound open and showing it to people. At some point, you got to let that thing close and you got to ask God to pour in the oil and wine. Come on, are you listening? And not reopen it. What does that mean? Quit talking about it. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. You got to quit reliving it. And sometimes even your people and friends will try to hinder you in it. They'll come and try to bring it up and try to talk to you about it. And that's when you got to say, no, no, the Lord's healed me. He's healing me. And I'm not going to talk about that. Why? Because you don't want to pull it open again. You'll never get healed that way. Close it up. Forgive them. I don't care if they acted means the devil himself. For your sake. Forgive them. 
It's got nothing to do with how you feel towards them. It's a decision. It's a choice. It's a choice. You don't have to feel anything towards them. Just choose by faith to obey the Lord. Do you believe God's big enough that he could do something inside a person? That no matter how terribly they had been hurt and wounded, that he could absolutely make you every whit whole. Do you believe it? No, I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it from some of the most awful situations. People come out and live completely free and you would never know. They had been through the past they had been through because there's no trace of it on them. There's no smell of smoke on their hair. <laughs> How many know just because you've been through the fiery furnace doesn't mean you have to smell like a cigarette butt the rest of your life? You could have gone through the very fire, the pit itself, and have absolutely no singes, no burns, not even any smell by the power of God. Do you believe it, saints? But you have to choose to forgive. Didn't the Bible said, if you won't forgive, he won't forgive you. Very serious. It's a choice. And that's as much for our benefit as it is the people being forgiven. Sometimes more. And you have to let him heal you. Quit talking about it. Quit bringing it up. Quit thinking about it. Quit reopening it. Isn't it better to be healed? Would you rather be a victim? Are victorious. Huh? You rather somebody feel sorry for you? No. Or you'll be an example of faith and strength and overcoming power. And whatever they've gone through, help them to get through it. Now, I know even though you say some of these, some people say, well, you don't know what I went through. Well, you can hold on to it. And you can be a, a warped, bitter person 30 years from now. But it wouldn't be because God couldn't heal you. I said it wouldn't be because God couldn't fix you. It's because you had more faith in the hurt than in the healer. More faith in the tragedy than in the triumphant Christ. No. If you'll forgive... Seal it up, let God sew it up, heal it up. In a passage of time, it can get to be like it's happened to somebody else. That's right, that's right. Long time ago, it's irrelative to you, unimportant. They're forgiven and you're healed. What else is there to talk about? I'm not living back there. I'm having victories today. I'm being of service to God now. And nothing's holding me back. Nothing is warping my personality. Nothing is keeping my relationships from being what they should be. Nothing is causing me to be less of a person. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We're not going to let him hold us down. We're not going to let him hold us back. The past can be the past. It can be gone and forgotten. 
Can we do what the Bible said? Forgetting those things that are behind. And pressing toward the mark. <laughs> no more sad sack. No more sad story. Huh? No more poor little me. No more victim. No more victim. The strength. Victory. Healing. Full restoration. Glory to God. Rising up to be the full person that you're meant to be. And even though the devil meant to warp you and hold you back and keep you scared and hold you out, it did not work. It didn't work. In spite of all the bad stuff that happened, you turned out to be an earth shaker for God anyway. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody stand up and give God some praise. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.